You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Um, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about multiplication. We've been talking about the kingdom, about mission, um, about what it looks like to be a kingdom people on mission. And last week, we, uh, we unpacked a little bit of uh, Isaiah chapter 6. The week before, we had talked about the nations. Um, it, this is just a recap if you weren't here. Um, you can jump on and listen to the podcast. We talked about the nations, but the response to the nations is a response born out of Isaiah chapter 6, where the Lord says, um, who will go and who can I send? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. So last week, we, I, I felt like, well, we need to unpack that. That, that response of here I am, send, send me, comes from seeing Jesus, seeing the king. Isaiah chapter 6 says, I saw the Lord, or the king, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And there's this, this revelation that happens. And um, Louise and I have been talking over the last couple of weeks, just feeling God highlight Jesus the King. Because mission, being a kingdom people, going, multiplication, all of that stuff doesn't happen unless we've seen Jesus. Unless we have a revelation of the kingship of Jesus and who he is. Um, if we're going to be a people who grow and mature and multiply, then we have to have a revelation of Jesus the King. And so this morning, it's not an interview as such, but maybe a discussion around Jesus the King. Who is this King? So Louise, jump in. <laughs> jump in whenever you want. I mean, we'll, we'll go back and forth a little bit this morning because we've got... Uh, a few things, but maybe it, can I can I start with Hebrews chapter one? Is that okay? If I can find it, it's in the Bible. <laughs> Hebrews chapter one starts with this. Long ago, many. At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in the last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is, Jesus is, the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins... After his sacrifice, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The King. The King Jesus. Well, <laughs> I think um, in our discussions... It's really the reality of a king. If my heart could, oh, Holy Spirit, help us today. To take us out of just our heads. And it's, it's like faith is, ex is expressed in the heart and the will of choice, you know, that you know, we always talk in this, in this family 
about realities of we're not just here to do a thing, but to encounter the one. And um, for me, in this, in our discussion, is like this ongoing journey, a life journey of truly encountering the, the reality of the person, the, the king, the God of all, right? And so even right now, it's like we can't sit here and do head assent to, it's just in the Bible, but, you know, he, he's, it's like I, I want, I, I would invite you as I do as well to not just picture him, but acknowledge him right now in his reality, that he's here. And it changes everything. It cha he changes everything. And so, like, in the last few weeks, you know, we, we've, we've got these incredible scriptures of Isaiah saying, you know, in this particular year, he kind of puts it into an earth frame in the year King Uzziah died. And then he takes it out of an earth frame and, like, goes, wah, suddenly into this frame of, I saw him who sits on a throne. Yeah. I saw him like I was there in that space and it kind of takes it out of the earth frame into the, the true reality of, you know, this heaven space, this supernatural place is the most real enduring place yeah. with, the, with the enduring real one who is the beginning of all things, the creator of all things, who fills all things, who determines all things, who rules all things, I found myself there. Yeah. And then out of that place, and, then, you know, Matt did such a great preach, but it's like we have to, as a people, be on journey. It's like we don't, you know, be on this journey where we go, this is actually my pursuit. You know, if, if eternity is to know him, eternity, guys, if we can get this, this is where my heart's going, if... if Eternity is to know this one, this king. Then that, that encounter or those ongoing encounters actually transform, as we see with Isaiah. It changes everything because then it's not theory. It's actually an interaction of a place with a real king, with the person. And that, I think, if anything could come across today, even as a beginning point. And yeah. um, for me, that's where it is. I saw the king. And... I said to Matt, I've been reading through the book of Matthew, and if I want to, we can't go through all of that because <laughs> it's so massive. But I, I really would like to encourage you, if you feel it on your heart, this is not a have to, but this is like such a cool invitation, that if you want to know the king and the kingdom, read the book of Matthew. Because the book of Matthew was written as the first gospel to address an Old Testament um, question from, um, it was actually uh, Zechariah 9, verse 9, and it says this. It says, behold, in other words, look so intently, your king, here he comes. And it says that he has power, and it says that he is really humble. And then Matthew starts in his book, and he starts to address, basically, right from the beginning, this thing of, it's the book of the king and the book of the kingdom. And if you read through the book, you start to see who is this Jesus and what difference does that make to people's lives? And maybe we'll yeah. unpack a bit of that. I think it, it's not a coincidence that Matthew is the first book of the Gospels, but the first book of the New Testament, of the New Covenant. And it is the, the book, it's called the, the book of the King. <laughs> it's not a coincidence that Zacharias says, behold, the King who's coming. And then when John sees Jesus coming to be baptized, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
There's something about the kingship of Jesus that is so foundational. He's the cornerstone, but it's the starting place of the kingdom. The kingdom has a king, and we live in this balance as a people who follow him as followers of Jesus between the relational intimacy friend brother and king, lord, sovereign, creator of the universe, almighty one. It's, it's beautiful, but I think the, the, the greater revelation we have of the kingship of Jesus, actually the greater revelation we have of intimacy with him. But we can take for granted, I think, or swing the pendulum at times around intimacy without kingship, and it almost becomes... It almost becomes, you know, hey, friend, I'm going to do this. Come along with me. Rather than King Jesus, creator of the universe, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? Would you lead me? Because you are king. There's this dethroning of ourselves that has to take place for us to walk in a greater place of intimacy with him. Yeah, and we see, like, if you're looking at the, at the book of Matthew and going through it, like Jesus, you know, basically at the very beginning, Matthew says, um, this is how Jesus is descended from David. So um, this is, you know, the one that's promised, the king that's coming. And then the very first thing in Matthew that we see is actually the baptism of Jesus. And the very first words, if you like, in the Bible, you know when the Jesus speaks in its red letters, they put it in red because it's actually words he said. The first words he says um, in uh, Matthew 3 in verse 15 is, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. The first statement a king makes. And then the next um, thing really that he says um, in um, chapter 417, he says, this is the first things Jesus started to talk about. He says, repent of your sins. Turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. So he's saying, I've come to, to tell you, you need to change your mind and change your heart, change your direction. Because what you thought was reality is not reality. And I think we get bound up in what we think is reality, which is actually not an eternal reality. It's not a true read on actually really what's going on. And it's so easy for us to be bound up in all of life. And I speak to myself. And I'm part of this journey for me in Holy Spirit leading me to the King, if I'm vulnerable, is actually what we sang about this morning um, in there being many giants I'll just be real. And so some of my giants are or have been, sorry, I'm being vulnerable. Um, I think it's good to be honest sometimes. Very good, very good. Um, I lost two friends last year. The same age as me. And um, grief is a big one. Um... We've had some issues, uh, big things. You know, you talked to today about impossibilities of things that 
Um, I can't change. Another one, another big thing, and they come bam, 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 like all in a row, like one after the other, actually for the last maybe two and a half years. Um, but my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Another big one. And I'm not saying these things for you to have compassion on me. But actually, you see, it's really important in, in terms of these things with intimacy, because I've wanted to be intimate with Jesus in my journey, right? But I love that when Jesus takes you to deep places where you face an impossibility, it's the very place he wants to reveal himself. <laughs> and so, like, we all, you know, we all, I think we're, as a church, we're on a journey as to who is this king? <laughs> you meet him face to face in the stark reality of the depths, and it sounds really big stuff, but in the depths of your inadequacy. If you really want to meet a king, that's where it is. And I'm learning that faith is demonstrated or worked out in the level of your trust. And that's a challenge. Can I just read out a scripture? Um, I want us to really, in our hearts, read this and take this and let it shock you as to this is who Jesus is and who he showed himself to be. So right at the beginning of Matthew, he's, we've got, he, he says, turn for the kingdom of heaven is near. The first statement on that is this. Jesus, it's in um, uh, Matthew 4 and from verse 23, says this. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching, so he's teaching them something, teaching us something. This is what he wants us to know. He's teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. He's a king, and this is who he is and how he rules, right? He says, um, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. So it's a completely different kingdom, a rule. This is the rule of God. News about him spread as far as Syria. That's a long way in those days because they didn't have phones, cars, trains, whatever. That's a long way. And people, this is what happened. This is the response to a revelation of a king, right? People soon began bringing to him all who were sick. There's something when we see a king that changes our response. We can't just respond. Like, we're encouraging you as a team, as people who speak. This is how your response is, but it comes out of revelation. Isaiah, I saw the king, it transformed me. I see the king, it transformed me. They suddenly started to see something they hadn't seen before. And he said, and whatever, whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed, or epileptic, or paralyzed, he healed them all. Then what happened? Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from all over Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea and from the east of the Jordan. This is the entrance and the beginning of what does it look like when we see a king. And obviously that's just in the realm of Jesus king over our physicality, healing us and healing our minds, our souls and emotions. That was just the beginning picture. But that should be shocking to us. Yeah. Because like these, these are not stories. Jesus is alive today. He is our living king, and this is our kingdom reality. This is why we're big on that, because this is who he is. Mm. There's an authority that comes from seeing Jesus as king. Yes. 
the kingship of Jesus. It, it, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't always get this picture because we don't live in a kingdom. I mean, we, ha- you know, we have the, the monarchy and we have a, a figurehead in, yes. in King Charles, but it's not the king as in the kingdom of old. Yeah, I think, Matt, I was thinking that very yeah. thing, and um, I was thinking of, like, you know, the, the leader of China right now, Xi Jinping, and actually I was thinking, okay, so that's not a kingship model, it's a different one, but actually of a guy who has power in our day, he's a, he's a king, he's a king authority. In the day, Jesus wrote, it was actually Herod, and they were bad examples of kings because he could literally just chop your head off and yeah. throw him. They did whatever. I mean, they massacred. Yeah. At the, and when Jesus was born, he actually ordered an edict and said, I want all the kids under two years old or whatever to be murdered. And that's what happened. And that, those are bad examples of kingship, but we don't understand that because we live in a democracy. Exactly. But a king, to take it into the good, because those are bad examples. Those are bad examples. No, but it's good, you see, it's because it is, they, are bad, the they are bad examples, but actually but a king has absolute, authority, absolute you see. authority, that's Yeah, exactly and absolute the point. authority, and that's in an earthly sense, yeah. people do that really, they don't do that well. Yeah, in, in, the, in a kingdom, when you talk about the kingdom, the, the, and we talk about being a kingdom people, that we bring the rule and reign of Jesus, the kingdom has a king, and the king of that kingdom has absolute authority. If it's just friend, and he is our friend, and he does say, come to me, all who are weary. But I if it's that. just friend, then the authority of Jesus can be questionable. But when we understand that it's not just friend, it's also king, he has absolute authority. His decree is absolute. Yes. There's no question in his decree. His his, uh, his decree over you in far, as far as your identity and who you are as you become a son or daughter of the king is absolute. What he asks us to do is not suggestions. So there's these two lines when we start to see Jesus as king. And it's the two lines of authority and obedience. Mm. And we'll unpack that a little bit. But it's authority and obedience because his authority is absolute. And therefore, he expects our obedience to his decree. So when, we, when you have a king, if we had an actual king, you know, say there is the, the, the king of, of, let's say, let's go smaller. Let's say the king of East Link Drive. <laughs> just, it was basically just us and the few other people that are around. And he said, you have to go do this. You don't go, nah, didn't feel like it. Doesn't suit me. Then, you know, it's the sort of, uh, it's the sort of um, Alice in Wonderland. Off with their heads! <laughs> I mean, God isn't like that. But no. you understand what I'm saying. There's authority and there's obedience. And if it's only friend, then we get to choose what we, what we do. And we get to choose our obedience. And we get to choose where we invite his authority. Mm. But when we see him as king... We don't get to choose where we invite his authority. We have to bring everything that we are under his authority. Because he's king. When he says something, our response is not, let me think about it. Our response is, yes, my master. And not from a fearful, but from a place of reverence and awe of having seen him. And we we see... 
we see Jesus live it um, and explain it. So if you go back, read the book of Matthew, we see it. So he has all these encounters with different people. And then the disciples saw that and then he asked them to do the same. And so it's really key that we make that a reality in the things also that we live and we're going through in, in our real spaces. Like, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm faced with, the, I'm, you know, I don't want to just bring it back to about me, but you, you know what, I'm trying to just bring it into the real for us. Good. Maybe share some of the, how do we bring the, the authority or the kingship of Jesus into the real situations? Because it's easy to talk about it like the king of Eastlink Drive, go do this, yes, king. But in, okay, in yeah. our distress or in our... In our distress or our grief. So, from, you know, like with my dad, so I get a call, you know. Um, Dad's got stage four cancer. That's distressing. Then it's like, I think, in, if I'm just honest about my journey, about my natural self, I, we often go into um, either, you can either, you know, bury your head. <laughs> you can um, go into what can I do about it. Um, you can try and find all the solutions. And I've realized in my own self... My journey is this thing of, um, you know, w Lord, it's actually my, uh, my victory is not in my answer or the answer I want from you. It's actually in my encounter of you. So, like, I want, I, I've got a need. I've got big needs. It might be my grief. It might be my lack. It might be my inability to get free of something. It might be this big thing I'm facing, like, I'm, I'm, these are life and death things, these are big things, they matter to me, but do I, ju am I just seeking answers, like, I, at first I went to him and I was like, God, what are you, you know, like, what are you going to do, where's my dad going to be, you know, like, where, you know, is this his time, all these real questions, you have questions that go through your heart about circumstance, right, um, but actually I'm realising that my victory is not in getting my answer, it's actually in my revelation. Who are you, Jesus? I need to see you more deeply. Um, thank you. I love Louise's notes. Look at the sticky notes. It's amazing. Like, I just want to share, like, that the, these are a disturbance in my life. Like, we tend to think when we hit a problem that it makes everything all wrong. Because you've got this erroneous view that life has to be always good, Right? But it's not true. That's not life. It's not life. Yep. But it's like, what do we do when things aren't all going the way we thought they were? And I love um, this um, thought. And it was not my thought, but it really resonated with me. Um, can I just read some of these things out? So this is Oswald Chambers. And he said, do I only limit him? This is the impossible God. Like at Encounter Night, we were there was a prophetic word about Jesus of the impossibility. And it's very easy to sing about impossibilities when you're not facing one. We're like, yay, Jesus, impossible, whoa. Did, did you hear so what she just said? So exciting. It's very easy to sing about impossibilities when you're not facing one. It's very easy to amen the preach about impossibilities when you're not facing one. But when you have real ones and they're giants and they're in your face mm -hmm. and you have no power at all, you cannot change them at all, but then the best part is to know that you can't. Oh, it starts there. The place of humility. Like, this is so big. This is so deep. This is so beyond me. Wow, I love, I'm actually beginning to love. I love the fact that, that God will permit them. Why? Not because he wants to punish them. Not because he's mean. Not because he can't. But actually, it's the place of meeting. 
the God of the impossible. And I love this. He says, do you limit, this was so challenging to me, I read it the other day, do I limit him to do something only in me in a way that he's done it before? If it's an impossibility, it's the very thing I have to ask. How hard is it to ask him to do impossible things, right? It says, I love this. This is, this is the boom statement for me. It's not me, but I read it. We need to rely on the resurrection life of Jesus on a much deeper level than we do now. That, to me, is meaning a king. And like we see it in the scripture over and over and over and over. All the stories actually about people's impossibilities. The centurion comes and his servant is so sick and paralyzed and is in so much pain, can't get out of bed. He comes to Jesus. Peter's mother-in-law is in bed, super sick. No one can do anything about it. Jesus is just kind, you know, and he touches her. Blind men come and they won't shut up. Like, we're blind. Help us, help us, help us. And, um, and everyone's saying, shut up. You're being noisy. You're disturbing everything. And they're like, no, like, this is, this is our impossibility. We're not going to shut up. We're, gonna fa- we're actually going to call and, and come to him. The lady who can't stop bleeding and spent all her money on everything, she's at the end of her rope. She can't do anything about it. She's the one who thinks, if I can just touch him, if I can get there, if I can get there, if I can meet him, I can see him, I'm going to reach out to him. You know, at the same time, he's on a, he's actually gone, he's on a journey to the, the ruler. And it's like, my daughter is dead. My daughter's dead, but I still came. Please come and help me. Who is this Jesus? What's his heart? What's his motivation? What does he look like in all our impossibilities? And I love it because it's that one. You're talking about authority, but we start to see this picture of him in the Gospels. And he's like, but I am so much bigger than you realize right now. I am calming seas, commanding the weather, raising the dead. I am, I am, this is who I am. Do you know what I mean? I am God of the impossible. I am God of every sickness. I am God over all those demons that scream and shout and carry on and hold you captive. This is, this is kingdom. This is God. This is like, who do you, and, and I love the culmination, you see, of the book of Matthew. It starts to go into that place of Matthew 16. We keep talking about it. And it's this place of where Peter suddenly gets it. He, he has walked with Jesus long enough, and he's in communion with God the Father long enough that he suddenly goes, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus goes, oh, I even felt like God speak to me about it today. Ah, fantastic. Now I can do something. Now you're really connecting with me. And on that revelation, whoa, now we can get the kingdom going. I'm giving, now you understand authority because you've seen who I am. You get, because Jesus had sent them out before in authority, said, go do the same as me. And they were like, they sort of got it and they were trying and they were learning. And I think that's where we're on. We're on a journey. Like, go practice it. Go try it. And they're like, whoa, even the demons submit to us in your name. This is so cool. What are they doing? They're learning authority. And it wasn't a new question because he actually has asked that question throughout the book of Matthew. Matthew, again and again. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Who do the people say that I am? And that, yeah, Who they, am I? And they go, well, show us the Father. And he goes, haven't you seen me? Like, it's, an, it's a question that gets asked a number of times. But in Matthew 16, it's like the revelation comes. Yeah, somebody, so Jesus must have open. been like, oh, yes, somebody finally got it. It's, <laughs> like, it's like he came to show the Father. And he shows them, this is who I am. This is who I am. I mean, they're shocked so many times. It says things like, if you read the book of Matthew, it goes, the crowd were amazed. I mean, they're like... Nobody's taught like this. The guys have got authority. Like, who the heck is he? Yeah. He calms the sea. Like, they get afraid. They're like, whoa. Like, to their friends. Can you imagine? Like, did you see that? Like, yeah. 
this is freaking me out. Who stands on the edge of a boat? I mean, take these into reality. You know, we're in Port Phillip. The storm comes up. You're about to drown. A guy just stands on the edge of the boat and just goes, be still. And it goes, boom, instantly. You're like, whoa. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. You know, a paralyzed guy comes. It says that actually from then the people got afraid because people are bringing paralyzed people and he's saying th weird things like, you know, like, just so I can show you the authority I have to forgive sins, I'm going to heal him. What does authority look like, you see? What realm is their authority? Come on. Uh, I've got authority to forgive people as well and completely wipe their slate clean. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove it, that I can do that. Is it e and he says, is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or is it easier for me to heal? Same deal for Jesus. Wow. But he says, but I want to show you. What does this authority look like? Well, it looks like that. Yeah. In other words, there is nothing and no realm that is beyond my reach. Not a single one, because this is who I am. Mm. And then Peter starts to get it. By, through God, but it's on that revelation. You are the Christ, the anointed one. Mm. And you are the son of God. In other words, you are, at, you are God himself. Yeah. On that revelation, then kingdom really starts for the rest of us. It's our lifetime pursuit mm. to see the king. When we talk about advancing the kingdom or we talk about mission or we talk about nations, and if it's not in the context of having a revelation of the king, it's insanity. Who would leave their family and their place that they've grown up and their friends to go to another nation to lay down their life for a people that they don't yet know? unless they've seen the king. It's insane. Why would you do it? Who would give their time to serve people who are broken? Who would give their finances? I mean, to be honest, if you ask um, your unsaved friends what they think about if you, if you give tithes and offerings, what they think about that, they think you're insane. I mean, who would give some of their money to a church? Who would spend their money to go overseas? Somebody asked me that this week. Why would you spend your money to go overseas? Wouldn't it be better just to send it to them? It just doesn't make sense unless you've had a revelation of the king. Because when the king asks you to go, it's not about what makes sense in the natural. It's about obedience to him. If the king says, this is my pattern so that you're not locked into being ruled by your finances, then we do it even though it doesn't make sense in the natural. When the king says, pray for the sick... It doesn't make sense in the natural, but we do it because he's the king. Yeah. I think um, for me, just I'll read those questions, Matt, that I had. I think it's this great. is actually just my journal um, and some of my thoughts. So I humbly go like this. It's amazing. But it's a challenge. They're real things in my life in the context of what, you know, my circumstance. So these are the questions that I ask of myself. If my trust or my faith, because you'll remember your, your trust is your faith expressed. Trust is your faith expressed, okay? So if my trust hasn't taken me to the place where others don't understand my obedience, then I haven't seen the king. If my trust hasn't taken me to a place of resting, because I'm still in that place of wrestling and that has been my journey, where I'm belie believing for the impossible then I haven't truly seen the king. 
if there is a disturbance in my own life that I am unable to overcome, then I'm yet to see the king in that area. I have to come to the point of believing him to be almighty. Psalm 91 verse 1 and 2 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. If he's just friend, then in a sense I can do what I want. But if he's king, then my response matters. My obedience matters. If he's king, then I don't just do what I want. I do what he wants. If he's king, then I'm not my own because I've been bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 says, if he's king, I don't decide and then ask him to back me. I ask him first and do what he tells me. If he's king, I'm on his mission. He doesn't come on my mission. If he's king, then I better take his commands seriously. He's such a good king. The word of God says, some, you know, it has been spoken, two things he has said. It says that you have power or you are strong and you are loving. Mm. You're compassionate. And that you will see if you read the book of Matthew. Go read. He's, he's powerful. He is all powerful. And he's a king who's compassionate and loves you. That's his heart motivation. So we need to come. Mm. His invitation is come. Don't run. Don't hide. Come with ah. your places of impossibility. Come with your depths. Come with your, come with your life, you know. I think there's a response for us this morning of dethroning ourselves. If we're honest, for every single one of us, there's an area of our life or there's a situation that we're facing or there's, there's something that we're battling in that we need to bring under his kingship, his lordship. That we need to find rest in the wrestle as Louise said and shared her testimony of that. I realize not everyone is able to get on your knees, but I want to invite you to respond. If you can, can we kneel together? If you can't, stay in your seat, maybe lift your hands. But I wonder, Gabby, could you come and pray? Because we, were, we were praying this morning as a team. And Gabby just shared just some of her own journey of, con yeah, we constantly have to dethrone ourselves. And just say, you're king and I'm not. You are king and I'm not. And I think there's a simple prayer for us as we kneel before him. Jesus, you're king and I'm not. And I bring this under your lordship. And I think there's a power in our testimony. And that's why I want Gabby to share. Gabby's not more holy or more anointed than the, than the next one. It's just there's a power in her testimony of having responded to this. So can we respond this morning? Jesus, the revelation is that you are king and we are not. We humbly come before you and surrender. I thank you that this choice, you don't force us, you don't make us, but we come 
And if we're humble and we choose to get low and declare, you are king and I am not. And I encourage you, God hit me with that one day in, in, in a service here with such a strong revelation of, of the conviction of the heart that says, you are king and I am not. And I encourage you to say that. Jesus, you are king and I am not. Jesus, you are king, and I am not. And this morning, I choose to dethrone, to get off the throne, to stop acting as though I am king, and that you serve me when it's the other way around. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus as king in this place. I pray that you make this a sacred and holy place, where today we choose to see you, and to surrender to you as king. You are king, and I am not. You are king, and I am not. Jesus owes us nothing. He did it all. Jesus, you owe me nothing. And I love Louise said it. It's not in the answer I expect. It's in the encounter. And so this morning, as we humble ourselves, Holy Spirit, come and encounter us afresh. Jesus, you are king. And I am not. Jesus. Jesus. You are king. You alone are king. And we're not. We surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Jesus. Jesus, have your glory. Jesus. Lord, in our response this morning, as Gabby just, just prayed, we say, King of glory, have your glory. King of glory, have your glory. We submit again to your kingship. We bring those areas under your rule and your authority. We repent. Lord, I pray right now for rest in the wrestle. For those facing, Lord, very real things in their life, that you would come and bring rest as we find you the king in those places. We worship you. We worship you. King of glory, have your glory. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.